Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. So welcome to episode 38. Uh, welcome back, our good friend, Perry. Long time... Uh, <laughs> long time caller. Long time contributor. First time listener. <laughs> and also, a congratulations is in order. Alan is starting a new job Monday, and I want him to feel the support Thank you. of us. You know, we want to congr- congratulate you. It is certainly easier not to have a job than mm-hmm. it is to have a job. If you could go around the room and each individually say congratulations. Okay. Uh, Evan, you want to start? Um, Alan, I just want to say you, you did it. Honestly, I think I can speak for all of us when I say we didn't think you could do it. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> uh, for that. I never thought you would be here, but you are. Yeah. And I, I really wanna, appreciate that. I want to congratulate Alan and let me frame it for you. This is the next 40 years of your life. Mm. You know, you're going to work for the rest of your life, paying taxes, and then you're going to die. So uh, way to, way to take basically your last and final step into oblivion. Yours was a little less uh, <laughs> less encouraging than yeah. Evan's. Uh, Perry, do you want to try and see if you could top top Zach somehow? Yeah, let's see what I can do. I, if I was silent, you'd probably be more encouraged. Yeah, than <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just got there. Uh, yeah, I mean, just congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've known each other for a few years now, and mm-hmm. it's all mostly been downhill. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I can see the light in your eyes again. So <clears throat> I'm excited to see what you're going to do with this new job and uh, bringing home that bacon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And kind of thank you to Zach. Well, I just listen, just because mine was framed a little bit darker doesn't mean it's any less of a reality. But do you want to give people maybe some pointers on how you handled the job interview? Because you, you had to go through multiple job interviews. This was a, yeah. an impressive, a good yeah, one. yeah, it was an impressive job hire. So what'd you do? So the first one is a phone interview. Yeah. So they call you. So they don't see you. They don't, they don't see me in you person. Could, you could wear whatever you want. I could. What did you wear? Overalls and a top hat. <laughs> and that made you feel better about yourself? It made me feel really confident. <laughs> but what I did is I gave them the number to this person that's supposed to be my secretary. Okay. Cause I wanted him to you think make it that, feel important. I, I wanted to make him think that they were talking to somebody yeah, important. Yeah. Um, was it just you? <laughs> it was my mom. <laughs> oh, <okay>. um, <laughs> I gave him her number and she patched me in. I said, you know, hello, who is this? Act like I didn't know who yeah, was calling, yeah, yeah. you know, I will. you're like, sorry, I just got off with the yeah. phone with my last job interview. Yeah. Sorry. I've had interviews back to back all day long. <laughs> like, who is this again? Uh, I don't even know if I have time. <laughs> Let me just let me just make it work. Yeah. So that's how I handled that. Um, obviously, past flying colors. Um, got to the physical. Not no, not physical. They, did a, <laughs> they did a physical on you. <laughs> got to the in-person interview. A key there is just shaking their hands. Listen, here's the thing. Okay. I know you said shake, but it sounds like you said shaving your hands. Yeah. Well, I don't you know notice, if y'all heard that either. You notice there's narrow hair on my hand. <laughs> And that's because I shave these every day. Yeah, they suck your hand and you're like, oh my goodness. Are you an infant? <laughs> it's so smooth. It's so smooth. When hey. were you born? And then you started doing punches to show how aer- aerodynamic they are. Yeah. <laughs> you should see me in the water. Just <laughs> start doing some kind of like karate yeah, chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm sure they were impressed. They didn't They didn't come out and say it, but you can kind of tell they, how they yeah. look. They were, they were into it. They're like, I'm going to go home and tell my wife about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you uh, you shake their hand with shaved hands. Mm-hmm. With shaved hands, yeah. Key is just to not let go. <laughs> don't let them. Don't let them let go. If they try to, you take your other hand, grab their wrist, yeah, push it back, back into that handshake. You keep them in that handshake until probably the end of the interview. It shows that you're committed, mm-hmm. that you're loyal, yeah, and, and that you have stronger. sweaty palms. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell them also when they talk about the loyalty, I say like, I've got the loyalty of a dog and then I go sit down by their feet <laughs> while holding their hand you beg for treats I look up and I just kind of yeah yeah I just kind of whine a little bit you give them the eyes yeah yeah do you spin around when you find your spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just gotta I just gotta make sure that I'm landing in the spot that's best for me yeah that's man that's that's interview speak no wonder right, you got the right. job <laughs> so as you start Monday what's your um what's your strategy for 
your entrance? Because I think every notable person has a big entrance. Yeah, I think um, probably a good walkout song might yeah. be good. And maybe you guys could help with that. What do you think would be a good walkout song for when I first enter the building? I'm going to go with Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. <laughs> okay. Different direction, different, but I'm still on board with different it. Different feel. <laughs> what are you wearing? High-waisted denim for sure. And then probably like a flannel shirt, but it's tied in a knot yeah, sort of above yeah. my belly button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you become the office flirt there. <laughs> Every oh, one of those guys are like... This guy's easy. <laughs> <laughs> you got a backwards baseball cap on. Kind of looking like a league of their own yeah. situation. <laughs> well, I, they made the right hire, I think. I think so. I don't really know about your work ethic or the quality of work you might do. But any guy that comes dressed in some tight, high-waisted jeans and mm-hmm. a cropped flannel shirt, that's the guy you want on a team. Yeah, yeah. You need some eye candy. <laughs> You want to turn around from your computer in that cubicle and just be able to look over at Alan washing a hot rod. <laughs> inside, inside the building? In the middle, in the middle of the office. Oh, no. It is a car parts store. It is a company. Yeah, like, it looks like the scene from Transformers with Megan Fox. Oh, no. With the steam coming out? Yeah, the steam's coming, and it's oh. just him, slow motion. People are like, how is he slow motion right now? He I is. I thought you were going to say I was Shia LaBeouf in that, in that scenario. No, no, you're, you're Megan Fox in that scenario. <laughs> well, well thank you. Yourself. Thank you for the confidence. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you watching that car, it's sparkly clean, but you keep watching it just for mm-hmm. the sake yeah. of morale yeah. in that office. Why don't you do that here? Go ahead and go, go get it, go out, mm. go out of the studio, go get dressed and come back in and wash a hot rod for me, Evan, and Perry. And so where should can... I, where should I pull it in at? Um... <laughs> Just straight through. Right through the wall. Straight through. Just okay. straight through. Okay. It's going to need washed after that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But while, you know, you guys, you know, come in here, do some radio, I'll be I'll be out there washing the car. <laughs> and, by, and by out there, now. I just mean in the doorway washing yeah, the car. Yeah, I was like, we want to see you. Yeah. Because my, my morale is low, and I want my morale to be high. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> but congratulations on the job. Well, thank you. Welcome thank back, you. Perry. Thank you. Welcome to Questional Detour. Let's do some hypotheticals. Are you, do you feel left out? me, yeah. Do you feel left out? I thought oh, let me restart. Thank you after welcome to I know. Let me, like, let me, give let me something. Let me, um, let me restart. Uh, <laughs> uh, congratulations on the job, Alan. Thank uh, you. Welcome back, Perry. Uh, Evan's here. <laughs> welcome to Questionable Detour. <laughs> Let's do a hypothetical. <laughs> Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. All right. So for our hypothetical for today, we are going to discuss what y'all would do when y'all go to the doctor's office. And I realize we don't go to the doctor's office a lot because our immune systems are that of the American military. Nothing gets by us. You know, there's no surrender. We spend billions of dollars instead of <laughs> spending billion dollars on education. <laughs> Ignore that southern border, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But our immune systems are like also like the Coast Guard. Like we not we don't really care about them at all. Yeah. It's not our top priority, yeah. and we kind of forget about it. Nobody thinks about it till it's an emergency, yeah. right? Yeah. But because because we have strong immune systems, we don't go to the doctor very often. But what do y'all do? What do y'all do when y'all go to the doctor? Yeah. So I I go to the doctor every once in a while, obviously, because I'm human. And if you didn't know this about me, I'm pretty self conscious. Oh. <laughs> Let's get it out on the mic. Let's. That's a great place yeah. to. It's the impotence, but. Oh God! All right. <laughs> Is that why you go to the doctor? No, no, no. You don't go to the doctor for that, though. No, I don't. You just let it hang. That's what just what a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for fun? It's, I just am impotent. Yeah, it's, it's on my uh, driver's license. <laughs> organ donor. Yes. Yeah. Heart next to it. <laughs> There's one organ you don't want. <laughs> but yeah, when I when he asked for my medical issues, I list down impotence. And he, he asked, like, do you want to talk about that? And I say no. <laughs> so it, he, I always bring you it up. You mark it down, though. I, I bring it up, but I don't get it fixed. Um, so when he starts kind of going through, like, oh, like, he does he does some blood panels. And he gets the results back. And he starts going through kind of like, what's, what's suboptimal? And I just get so embarrassed. I start making fun of him back. Oh, yeah. Um, you get insecure. So you're like. Yeah. If he's, if he's like. Sir, your uh, your your iron levels were a little low. I said, "Well, your wife's looking a little heavy recently." <laughs> <laughs> Not even at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he 
really hitting low. <laughs> <laughs> Just because your iron level is low? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> In my own mind, I'm an Adonis. So I, yeah, yeah. I can't handle it. Yeah, I'm sure you're saying I'm an Adonis while you're like impotence. <laughs> Let's write that down. <laughs> he, but he says, "Let's look at what's what do you say subpar, submaximal, yeah, like sub, suboptimal, sub yeah. that suboptimal." Like you're a transformer that he's tinkering with. Okay, sorry, I used English. <laughs> <laughs> like he's looking at a computer with a bunch of yep. graphs and things that are moving around. He's like the stock market. Yeah. Up. <laughs> Like this, this model is suboptimal. <laughs> but yeah, if it, yeah, and he's like, well, your BMI's you know higher than it should be. That might be an issue. Um, yeah, you know, I hit him back with the, well, your hair was a little fresher last time I was here. Did you shower? Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> wow, <laughs> got a low there. What if he go? What if he's like, um, man, you're uh, you are not taking care of your type two diabetes, and we're gonna have to remove one of your feet. What's <laughs> what's your response to that? <laughs> Well, firstly, that snuck up on me. <laughs> no, it hasn't. They've been telling you for months that you need to take care of this. I ignore them. So I, I immediately tell him he hasn't told me about it, even though he has. <laughs> and then I say, well, if you're the doctor, that makes sense. But uh, I got to have something in return. Oh. So I get out the pliers. Leverage. Yeah, I get the pliers. And I say either the, the toenail or the, the tooth. And he's got to give me one of them. <laughs> it's nice of you to give him a choice, though. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a voodoo witch. <laughs> what do you need the tooth for? Yeah, I do spells with okay. them. <laughs> Making a necklace. It gets, yeah. a, it gets a diabetes to go away. <laughs> yeah, you come in next time without a foot. You come down with a stylus necklace of either teeth or toenails. And how does that work out? Like, you know, does the doctor just quit reading your your chart? Because <laughs> like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> Because he has a lot of problems. There's so many things yeah, I'm going to have to read off here. Yeah, I got my panel has just got red <laughs> everywhere. Red problems everywhere. So You live a very unhealthy life. Yeah, eventually they tell me not to come back, and I just find a new doctor. And <laughs> Start I build over. a reputation around town. <laughs> but it's good you get to use all the same comebacks. It's true. I get you to don't have to rethink them. anything. Yeah, I, I get to kind of workshop them with certain doctors and then i you, Do know, you come in there with a chart also <laughs> you flip <laughs> you flip the paper over the clipboard and be like oh this one works better for this yeah i have the code on and everything oh, think I'm the doctor. Code? okay yeah now you're we're sure that your chart doesn't follow you it does follow me 100 percent. okay so they okay. know so that yeah. <laughs> so that first doctor might might have written something down like uh aggressive with comebacks yeah. you know yeah, I have a list of complaints against me. Impotent. <laughs> a lot of impotence. Over but that's over. the least of his problems. But that makes it sound like if the doc- doctor writes impotent over and over again, that makes it sound like he was expecting something else when you came in. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to turn you on. And he just he was frustrated that he couldn't do it. <laughs> he yeah. left with bad self-esteem because like nobody finds me sexy. <laughs> Part of the checkup sometimes, I, if my understanding is correct, is they have to go through certain checklists with the patient to say, they talked about how hard health and mm-hmm. stuff like that one of them is turned on yeah it's always no it's always no it's like yeah never we both leave crying how many more like you're not going to the doctor office very much anymore probably you've been run out of most of them which is concerning considering the amount of health issues you have <laughs> how, not- how long are you living <laughs> I'm not living much longer. Yeah. <laughs> you you walked in here with like a EKG machine, yeah. and I'm watching those little waves slowly deteriorate. Yeah, they're they're coming to an end soon. <laughs> there you go. Perry just insults the doctor for caring, for doing his job. Perry's like, ah, and let it be known he's impotent. <laughs> Don't talk about it to him, though. Tuck, it, tuck that fact away back in your mind. He wants you to know, but don't you dare bring it up to him. Yeah. <laughs> what do y'all do? When y'all go to the doctor. Something I like to do is I just like to keep what's in me in me. So Mm. I like to bring Mm. blood with me. I don't want them to have to go through the whole process of sticking a needle in me and trying to get the blood out. And I see that, oh, the blood's coming out and all that. I'm just going to give you some. You bring the blood with you, which is smart. I think it's efficient. But you also said you like to keep the blood in you. Whose blood... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whose blood do you bring if you don't like the blood to exit? Yeah, that depends. Depends on what day my appointment is on and kind of what I can find on the street. They say to fast before your appointments sure. to make sure all your levels are at their normal levels and they're not spiked. So I go fast down the road and I hit whatever I can. <laughs> 
<laughs> you go fast. <laughs> I go really fast. You like his doctor's orders. Doctors, I'm I'm on the doctor's orders. Yeah. Um, my glucose has got to be right. <laughs> you know. So I'm going fast down the road. Whatever walks out in front of me, that's whose blood I'm taking with me. So you like hit a raccoon? You step out of that car and you wring it out like a <clears throat> a wet towel. Yeah. <laughs> just a. You know how you can classically just wring blood out mm. of something. Yeah. <laughs> so like they. The doctor will sometimes do blood tests where they take your blood, but they also sometimes ask for urine. Mm-hmm. You get it the same way? I bet you sneak up while a homeless man is peeing, and you <laughs> you uh, sneak a sample. Do you sneak a sample? What do you mean by sample? A urine sample. Like, like imagine, you know. <laughs> what do you think he means? <laughs> yeah, what do you, yeah. Like, well, because you go to, like, Sam's or something, and you walk by one mm, of those ladies in the aisle. You want a full course urine. You don't want a sample <laughs> urine. <laughs> You, I just did, I want you, to make sure you, you were talking about sneak a, a sample from a homeless person. It's with a gallon jug. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a little bit. I just want to make sure you weren't talking about like a tasting. You know, like oh, I mean, I listen. Whatever you, whatever you stick out of that bush to get. Because if I gotta slide under there and just like get a little bit on my tongue, I'm like, it's, it's too ripe. You know, it's just not there yet. You look up. And this like, isn't you need to good. drink more water. <laughs> this we should have let urine. this sit for a bit. <laughs> Age. Listen, I. <laughs> as ridiculous as that is, why don't you just fill it up and then drink it out of the container? <laughs> why do you? <laughs> That's your question. <laughs> I just say. I just say. If you're gonna drink a homeless man's urine, mm-hmm. there's easier ways. <laughs> I have. I know it works. Do These the are the ways of old, and I'm just going to keep doing it. These are the, way, these are the ways it. of old. The ways of old. I imagine you take one of those scooter things that mechanics use, and you just look like a turned over turtle, <laughs> just scooting around under homeless men's hoping they need to relieve themselves. What yeah. a sight that must be for, yeah. for Joe on the block. <laughs> also, classically, I don't think homeless people would care. No. It's just another day for yeah. them. You're you're not the first person to have done whatever you're doing to them. <laughs> They'll probably just ask me for a dollar for it. Yeah. Yep. Like, if it's right. not you, it's going to be somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you do? I, the question is, is at the end, is that what happens to collect your urine sample? Yeah. It's that simple. There's nothing else there. There has to be container. There has to be container because you got to take it to the doctor. What's your vessel of choice? Yeah. Two cupped hands. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Like the doctor's like the doctor's like. Can I get a urine sample from you? <laughs> you, just, you just like you look like uh, Oliver Twist saying more, please, with your cupped hands. It is leaking everywhere. Yeah, like it's a trail from the entrance to the doctor's office. You usually have to check in and like write in that you're, you sign. You know. Evan's like, hold on, let me transfer to one hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be dicey. Give me a minute. Hold this for me. <laughs> Yeah, they, they just kind of let me through. I just get to the back as soon as I can. It was because they're not going to fiddle with you. I mean, imagine. You're, what What's the greatest interaction you're going to have with somebody that's cupping urine? You're not going to talk to them. You're not going to mess with them. You're not going to You're not gonna ask, hey, why are you cupping urine? No, it depends on where I'm at. You're a scared little boy. <laughs> you need to toughen up. When you see a man holding urine in his hands, you know that that man's been through some things. Like he streams has a of urine. Story to tell. He has. He knows things. But here's the thing, though. You don't have a story to tell. <laughs> but you don't know that. As a, I, I'm on Evan's side on this. Thank you. As it wasn't a, a stats thing. <laughs> well, it is now. As a podcast host, your first and foremost responsibility to us and our listeners is journalism. I cannot believe I'm getting you a need, lecture. You for need why. to be asking the tough questions i cannot believe i'm getting a lecture from two people standing on the side of ask people about the urine hands there's people getting bombed in kiev right now trying to report on it and you're scared to ask a little man about pee in his hands there's a little man now you got home field advantage Uh, when, I don't know when this podcast became a competition. I didn't know there's a competition for asking guys about pee hands. Listen, people that hold pee in their hands, they've been trained for years on just the traditional way to carry urine. There's no way you're not schizophrenic. <laughs> they know things that, well, by God, it would boggle your mind. And which country did that originate from? Argentina. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Tell me one thing that'll boggle my mind then, as... A, uh, a fellow P 
score, man. Are you sitting down? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting better down. be. Because what I'm about to tell you, it's about to rock your world so hard. Not for Perry, though. He's impotent. <laughs> Please, tell me. <laughs> He'll try anything. <laughs> Did you know that if you can hold just a whole wad of pee in there for more than 10 minutes, it'll lengthen your lifespan by 32 years. Oh, my God. Also... What unit of measurement is a wad of pee? A crumpled up group of pee. <laughs> like a piece so, of paper. Are you so dehydrated that your urine comes out as gelatinous? <laughs> it is why I have to go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, I'm I forgot that's what we're concerned. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> getting pretty concerned about it. So, uh, you know, let's get back on track here. Mm-hmm. So you come in with a bucket of roadkill blood. And homeless man urine. What happens next? Like, what's the rest of the doctor visit like? I, I, do they take that sample? Well, I don't tell them where I get it from. So They ask. I tell them it's mine. Okay. And I say you will not stick me with that needle, young man. Oh. Mm. Even though he's probably like 74. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to hear young men. Though. Okay. So they do the blood work on it. And they're like, your charts are just unlike nothing we've seen before. Uh, your sugar levels, not human. It's because you eat sugar straight out of the bag, like popcorn. Well, these aren't his levels. Yeah, that raccoon. Just oh, ate gosh. I forgot it's the raccoon they're testing. <laughs> she ate a bunch of sugar out of a trash can. So You have <laughs> you have the charts of a dying raccoon. Yeah. People have told me that all my life, and <laughs> now it's finally true. So, of course, the doctors are trying to tell me how I could change my life and all that, have better eating habits and all that stuff. So it's kind of just how it goes, and I take their advice and... <laughs> Move on with my they life. They immediately you know? try to put you on hospice, don't they? They're like, I give you 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Try to put me in intensive care at first, and then I was like, no, it's too much work for everybody. Go out and die in a field. Yeah. You have AIDS rabies. Just curl up somewhere. <laughs> you want from me? No, there's just it, it, you, the emotion behind that last thing. You're like, <laughs> just let it pass. <laughs> So I think between you and Perry, y'all are gonna y'all are gonna die pretty soon. Cause yeah, the raccoon might have worse labs than you, but you're not healthy. You're dying soon too. Yeah, no. You're on your way out. And you would think, hey, he's going in there because he knows he's unhealthy, but he doesn't give him any of his own blood, so he can't change yeah, what's anything. The point? What's the point of being here? You just go in there to give him raccoon blood and homeless person pee. <laughs> I'm just there to give the doctors a pay. You know? Okay, okay. You're helping the economy. I'm just trying to get the economy moving. You know, Very it's selfless. Been a tough couple of years. There's no way a guy that is picking up roadkill off the road should be talking anything about the economy. Guess you don't know how to use money. I, I, <laughs> if you don't, if you're you, not making any money true. with this, or giving any money, I'm saving. There's money. no way you have insurance. Do you have insurance? I don't have to answer that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're dying. Perry's dying. At least you're dying hard, though. Alan, what? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing in the doctor's office? I'm coming to this doctor with my problems, but I'm going to first come to him with a little bit of a solution. I used to be an alcoholic. Stopped drinking. I've substituted my drinking, though, with antifreeze. (laughs) Still gives you that kind of needed buzz, but it's not alcohol. Um, So I'm kind of trying to get with the doctor, meet up, and say, hey, how is this for me? Is this good, and is there an alternative that I should be doing? But you do antifreeze before you ask that question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've, I've been doing it for some time now. You know, I, I know the side effects. Um, I just want to get a medical opinion on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that buzz you're feeling is not your brain being altered like alcohol. It's mm-hmm. your nervous system is shutting down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... If I had some side effects I could list off for you, could you tell me if that's related to antifreeze or not? Yeah. Number one, impotence. <laughs> <laughs> no, weirdly, it's it's not a it's not a side effect. It goes the other way. <laughs> Alan is full mass. <laughs> some guys have it all. <laughs> hair loss. No, no hair loss. Weird hair growth, though. <laughs> Please do tell. I've got some of the hairiest elbows you have ever seen. So essentially, Alan looks like a horny Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Extended toenail growth. Yeah, but only on the big toe. And it grows, I'm going to say probably five times as fast as the others. Oh my gosh. Goodness. And I have not trimmed yet. (laughs) How'd you get those shoes on? (laughs) I've got got a slit that I cut in the front. (laughs) 
It's just a toenail just hole. So that toenail can sneak out. <laughs> it seems easier to cut the toenail. Oh, yeah. Like a hobbit. Uh, lastly, divorce. <laughs> Is that a question? The alcoholism was gonna w- would have been the cause for divorce. It's kind of like you know you got to you got to get off the bottle. Mm. I said, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a change. Let me put you in the mind of a woman, Perry. Before Alan, hairless, not hard all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Toenails a little bit more trimmed. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, where are you getting divorced with him? Probably in the middle, right? Like in the middle. Now let me give you a new Alan. <laughs> Harry. 70s macho man Harry. <laughs> Taking salsa classes. Yeah. <laughs> like almost too Harry. Uh, almost too Harry. Yeah, gotcha. Rock hard all the time. <laughs> Toenails. <coughs> Exceeding <As> stiff. <laughs> Are you getting divorced in that, man? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm there's not. the answer. If you let the toenail grow, it becomes more like petrified rock. <laughs> yeah. Calcified. Yeah. So yeah, based on these answers, I probably yeah, I probably should try antifreeze. Yeah. I mean, I would I would say so. I'd like to hear you out the rest of the story, but I'm sure I'm, the, I'm very sure it's got intrigued. a great ending. We'll find out. <laughs> TBD. How's the antifreeze going? That you go in the doctor's office and they're like, "You're a miracle of modern medicine. You've consumed more chemicals than I've ever seen. How are you still living? Like, how are they handling that?" I say, "I'm living my best life." Yeah. How am I still living? I can now see triple. <laughs> Triple, triple what? Triple. Just, just seeing triple. I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing three of everything. That did not seem like an advantage. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what, that's what antifreeze does. How for many families have you t-boned at in an intersection because you couldn't figure out which vehicle not to hit? Just any number times three will probably do the trick. <laughs> also, that's a common thing from alcoholism too. Yeah, but it's always three with me. Okay, it's consistent. And it's more like, I like to think that when I'm on antifreeze, it's a heightened sense of awareness. Yeah. Whereas, you know, alcoholism, you know, you're, you're stumbling through. It's a downer. You're, it's, yeah, yeah. You're, you're seeing people, but they're all a blur. I've got this heightened sense of awareness, seeing triple, <laughs> smelling <laughs> double. Oh. <laughs> Tasting? How are we feeling? <laughs> I have no taste now. Okay. That is, yeah. That's because that's of the given. antifreeze. The, <laughs> the chemicals have chemically... Uh, Burn off your taste it buds. It has burned off all of the taste buds. So basically, you're walking around. You're seeing rings of light and color around people as you move through mm-hmm. reality. Now, does that make me some sort of possible superhero? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking it could. Uh, I'm just kind of wishing that there'd be a little bit more crime in the area for mm-hmm. me to be able to stop. Do you feel like you just move a little bit better in winter now? You just don't get as cold. Yeah, I kind of... I. I can just melt ice. I've got I've I've have so much antifreeze. Is that quality other people can do? No, no, not like no. him. Not like me. Before his body temperature was just so low before. <laughs> I have so much antifreeze coursing through my veins that I I just I radiate heat. The doctor's like that's called a fever. <laughs> Your body's actively fighting something yeah. inside of it. But then I say, but look what I can do with this ice. And then I just start hot breathing on it. <laughs> yeah, the doctor's like, I cannot believe it's melting. And then I look him in the eye and I go, sometimes I think it, the uh, patients should be the doctors. Hmm. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> but, you know, I think um, I think it's been an improvement mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just needed somebody in the medical community to uh, validate me. If he's not going to do that, though, there are, there are plenty of other doctors around. I'll, I'll find another doctor. Ask Perry. He's been to a thousand of them. Perry's got a list. I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to consult his list. That's good. We're not going to have a podcast by next week. Y'all are going to die. We're, we'll be dead. <laughs> this is the last one. Heads <laughs> will roll. I, really, I'm just. it's coming to light how unhealthy we are. Yeah, you really hyped us up at the beginning of this, too. Yeah, I, but that, I was ignorance. That was out of ignorance. I, <laughs> well, there you go. We're all going to die. Like None of us are making it next week. I don't even know if I should frame this as advice. Don't go to the doctor. Tell them your ailments, <laughs> and try to work things out. Don't, don't do better than us. Don't do what we do. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to try a new segment today, and we have the honorable, the honorable and esteemed Savannah is back on the pod. Welcome back, Savannah. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> So convincing. 
So what our new segment is going to be, it's going to be like an old school 70s dating show where you have an eligible bachelor or bachelorette on one side and then multiple suitors gunning for a chance for love. So today, Savannah is going to be the eligible bachelorette and she's going to be dating three hunky. Four. Four hunky. <laughs> no, there's three. There's three. Who's the not hunky person here? That's what Savannah's here to find out. <laughs> There's gonna be four hunky men gunning for gunning for love. So let's jump into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to QD and Me. Here as our eligible bachelorette, we have Savannah. Oh hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and introducing our first bachelor, we have Evan. Evan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, I'm Evan. Uh, you have an accent? I'm from a little town in the north. <laughs> a little fun fact about me here is I've had maybe 13, well, now 14 kidney stones. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bachelor number two, Zach. Uh, hi, my name is Zach. Uh, my fun fact is I have had 14 vasectomies and reversal vasectomies. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Bachelor number three, Perry. Hello. I have personally memorized every episode of Game Show Network's baggage. <laughs> <laughs> if you like someone with a good memory, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Bachelor number four, Alan. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Oh, you have an accent, too. <laughs> <laughs> Soldier Captain McConaughey. <laughs> My name's Alan, and I've got three open wounds currently. <laughs> All right. Now that we've met our bachelors, Savannah, take it away. Just say thanks. Thanks, thanks host. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of um, medical issues in the, <laughs> in the room tonight. Um, well, let's kick it off with some questions. Um, we'll start with bachelor number one, Evan. Um, what's your idea of a romantic evening? Yeah, I mean, it's just me and my three roosters <laughs> hanging out on the top of the chicken coop, kind of seeing what we can get into, you know? Not <laughs> <Okay. laughs> a female presence there, I guess. <laughs> okay, um, Bachelor number two, what is your idea of the perfect marriage proposal? I like to go up to a high place and see if I can push you off of it. <laughs> and But then you would propose. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If, if I did actually succeed, if she I guess. makes it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, bachelor number three. Do you believe in love at first sight? Um, that's actually pretty offensive as I'm legally blind. Uh, <laughs> I can see shapes and colors, but not much besides that. So I would say if I could see you, it's a modern miracle. So yes. <laughs> okay. Little ragtag bunch here. Um, <laughs> Um, bachelor number four, what are your best qualities? I think my best quality is I can stick an egg in my mouth, crack it, and eat the yolk, and spit the shell out. Egg eating snake. It's a party trick. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Any woman would be lucky to witness that. <laughs> um, we'll just keep going in order. Back to bachelor number one, Evan. Um, what are you looking for in a woman? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the normal stuff. Uh, she's got to have legs, um, arms, three small molds on the lower back. <laughs> um, I mean, there's got to be hair growing out of them, of course. Uh, men, you can all agree. Uh <laughs> They got very vague and then very specific. <laughs> I know what I'm looking for. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Three 
Oh, <laughs> oh I, I do have arms and legs. <laughs> so we're going two out of three. You guys are a tough bunch. Um, okay, bachelor number two. What do you like to do for fun? Uh, I like to breathe on people that are sleeping in the night. Okay. <laughs> like strangers, loved ones. Oh, well, whatever, whoever has a loose window. <laughs> <laughs> loose window. <laughs> whoever forgot to lock a door. <laughs> so crime. Yeah. <laughs> Big B&E guy. <laughs> yeah. Breathing and entering. <laughs> okay. Um, bachelor number three. How would you impress your date's friends? I would I would memorize, as I said, I have a good memory. So I'd memorize their names and make sure I'd, I could say them backwards. And then I would put them into a song instantly <laughs> that I record at the dinner. And then I'd play it for them live and watch the reaction in front of me. And <laughs> if they didn't like it, then she's not the one. What a dinner date. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to skip over to Bachelor number four. Um, bachelor number four. How do you comfort someone in a traumatic situation? I like to come up to them. I like to put my arms around them. Just say, it could be worse. Remember when your granddad died? <laughs> you were so, so sad. Perspective. <laughs> it's perspective. It's perspective. <laughs> the hug was nice. I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay. Um, bachelor number one. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? I'd go back to the the first day I enrolled in Clown College. It was a big day for me. Uh, my family was all there. <laughs> you misunderstood the question. <laughs> just to walk up the steps of Clown College one more time. Um, and just kind of ske- squeak the big red nose at the end of the, the hallway, you know? <laughs> the so, big red nose at the end of the hallway? <laughs> Metaphorically. Okay. <laughs> Most people would have gone to the graduation of Clown College, but he went to orientation. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically squeeze that big red nose one more okay. time. Just to hear that honk. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've got some big dreams there, Bachelor number one. Okay, Bachelor number two. If you had a million dollars, what would you do with it? I Here's what I would do with a million dollars. I would walk around... Naked and pay people not to look at me. Okay. <laughs> sure, there's better ways to use that money, but um, bachelor number three. If you were stranded on an island and could only have one thing with you, what would it be? You, sweetheart. Oh. <laughs> and oh, a lighter. Oh. And what? And a lighter. <laughs> what do you? What do you need those two things for? <laughs> To burn the witch. <laughs> um, bachelor number four. What's the most fun thing you've done recently? Yeah, I think the most fun thing is probably working on my barbed wire art. <laughs> I like to make dinosaurs out of barbed wire. I have tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> it's where some of the open wounds came from. <laughs> oh, well, that's at least creativity. Bachelor yeah, number four. Sure. That's wow. nice. All right, so that wraps up the question segment of the evening. We're going to pass it back over to Savannah. Savannah, who do you think you would like to go with after hearing all this information from our contestants? Thank you, host. I just want to real quick say thank you, everyone, to The Bachelors for being here. These answers were interesting. Not sure where they found you guys, but (laughs) it's been entertaining. I do want to say, just in response to this, um, I think I've decided that I'm now into women. Okay. Um, Don't think I want to statement anymore so but thank you for all your answers all right well (laughs) that was an unexpected twist (laughs) but we hope to have you all tune in again on qd and me man there you go how did we find wives? <laughs> because at least for Evan, those were all his real answers. <laughs> those are answers he gave to Savannah. Yeah. Originally. They worked the first time. I don't yeah. know what just happened right yeah. there. She put on some kind of show for you guys, but or she just never asked those specific questions. Yeah. You, you tied her up and locked her in a house. Like Well, I mean, maybe the rest of my life is pretty normal. But those three specific questions. Weird that they never came up before. They never came up. They just painted you in a bad light. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So 
for our next segment, we're going to jump into some movie time. So sit back, get some corn, and uh, let's have uh, movie time. <laughs> All right, so we're back to doing uh, movie time. What we're going to do this week is run through some obscure movies from the 70s, and the guys are going to come up with what they think this movie's about. First up, we've got Tropic of Cancer. Obviously, this is an island. Yeah, just full of cancer-ridden people. Just it's like, it's like a cancer ward. People can't stop it's, getting it. It's going around like the plague. No one knows why. I guess that's what the movie about is trying to figure out why all these people have cancer. There's no shade. No shade. <laughs> it's obviously skin cancer, but they just can't diagnose it. Yeah. They don't have the doctors to diagnose it. Mine was similar, though. Mine was similar to that, obviously, for the cancer portion. But I was going to go, it's a resort that just has like tanning bed UV lights. <laughs> And as you just move around the resort, your skin just starts to have raised dark moles. <laughs> and you eventually have a six-month prognosis. I immediately thought of a some kind of vacation, maybe a timeshare, that only people that are cancers can have. Like the like horoscope? Horoscope. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a terrible place because only people that... The people that believe in horoscopes are terrible people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they all hate each other and... Base their life off of the yeah. <laughs> the orbit of the sun around our life, <laughs> our Earth. So, <laughs> it's a cancer thing to do. Um, I think this would probably be a revisionist history movie where everything that happened in Chernobyl actually happened in Jamaica. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Watermelon Man. I think this is probably a kind of a Ferris Bueller's Day Out situation where maybe a guy plays hooky from work and he puts a series of watermelons in clothes to actually fake that he's sitting at his desk. Mm. But then this watermelon man goes on a little adventure and maybe falls in love and saves a baby. Mm. A lot happening in that story. (laughs) It's a coming of age. Yeah, it's a coming of age (laughs) watermelon. You fall in love with a watermelon man at the end. I think this is about a watermelon salesman roaming the streets of New York City in his little push cart. And uh, he keeps... Car just every wreck that happens keeps kind of just pushing into his cart, crashing into his <laughs> cart. His watermelons keep breaking, you know, and he just he can't stay out of trouble with his watermelons, and he's always like, "My watermelons." <laughs> it's basically a retelling of the Cabbage Man from Avatar: I was The Last just Airbender, thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> but from the standpoint of the watermelon salesman. How does it end? It doesn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> it goes on for forever. It. It's just a constant battle between him and the streets of New York to (laughs) keep his watermelons intact. I think that this one would probably be about a couple who plants a watermelon seed. They raise it up into a fully grown watermelon, glue a series of googly eyes and ears (laughs) to it, and they begin to raise it like their own son. Um, Obviously, it doesn't turn out well because the watermelon dies very shortly afterwards. <laughs> and but like rots. Well, uh, once they realize it's going downhill, they then eat their son. Oh my god! <laughs> it is an incredibly dark picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is Tunnel Vision. I think this one's about a guy who just every time he goes to the eye doctor, he's so good at the little test on the wall. <laughs> Because he just sees a ton of L's. <laughs> a ton of L vision. <laughs> and all he can just see is just a bunch of L's everywhere he looks. Because he has ton L vision. <laughs> Wait, he wouldn't be good at the, the chart then? Anywhere there's an L, he would be great at Yeah. He'd <laughs> be like, what do you see on line five? L. L, 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 L. It's kind of about how he spirals and... It leads to depression, and it's it's not a good, it's not a good wholesome movie. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think this movie is about a guy who was previously in Vietnam, spent a lot of time in some tunnels, and his eyes got really good at adjusting, but only in tunnels. If it's just dark outside, he can't do it. But when he's in a tunnel, he can see like a bat. So he feeds off his claustrophobia. Yeah. I think this is about uh, a movie about an alcoholic submarine captain who <laughs> his while looking through his periscope it gets stuck and it will not come back down into the submarine so he's forced to continue looking in the same direction the periscope <laughs> is at right now. T- 
turn left. I can't see you. <laughs> Keep turning. <laughs> Next up, where have all the people gone? I think this is about a, a person that gets in a pretty horrific car wreck, and they don't realize they've been blinded by it. <laughs> and then when they, when they wake up and see people talking, they just think the lights are off. Yeah. <laughs> and they wonder, where did all the people go? I just heard them talking. I think this movie is about somebody that got washed away <laughs> on a, from a shipwreck and landed on a <laughs> an island full of midgets. <laughs> <laughs> and they ask, where have all the people gone? <laughs> does have a lot of talking animals, um, but there's also a lot of talking people, too. And they're at a football game, and the guy's trying to find a bathroom, and all these animals are around, and he asks him, he says, hey, I can't find the bathroom. And they're like, oh, just go right here. You can go wherever you want. And he's like, no, where have all the people gone? <laughs> it's a movie completely based around that one line? Yeah. <laughs> just about trying to find a urinal, <laughs> you know? Who, uh, who, who of- plays the dude trying to find the urinal? Ashton Kutcher, probably. Okay. 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 Next up, You Light My Life Up. I think this movie is a love story where they meet and it is love at first sight and they have a great relationship, but slowly it falls apart and ends up the female lead character douses the male lead character in gasoline and then sets him on fire. It got dark. Emotionally, but it light, it lit up. It's, it was very bright. I think this movie is about somebody that is an avid consumer of cereal, and their family has an intervention, and they tell him he needs to stop eating all his cereal. It's too sugary, too car, too many carbs. It's really affecting his health. And to show how serious they are, they pull a box of life out of the pantry and light <laughs> it up, and they say, no more. And he watches it burn, and his eyes reflect the flames, and he <laughs> digs deeper into his addiction. <laughs> oh, that went different and than And that's how the movie The Whale started. Okay. <laughs> I think you'd be happy. Ruining life, is that's the worst cereal. Yeah. How dare you. I think it's about a family of arsonists, similar to like the, the way the Adams family is just a family of weirdos. Yeah. This is just a, a nice... Family of arsons. A, a family that just <laughs> ruins people's lives. They burn houses down, but they do it together as a family. <laughs> There's a beauty in that. There is. <laughs> I think it's about two fierce competitors who are at the height of their competition, competing in the game of life. The board game life. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the serial life? N- not the serial, okay. the board game. They are just at odds. They've been at the top of their game. Winning all the tournaments back and forth, you know. And it comes to a head one day. They're duking it out one day, trying to win the cash prize of... <laughs> They're fighting each other. $50,000. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Goodness. Um, you know how the board game life scene is, uh, competitive scene is... Yeah. It's rampant. Well, <laughs> intense. Yeah. Anyway, it, the guy who was an underdog ends up losing. Does not take it well. mm Sets the entire stadium on fire. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. And yeah. the ending scene is just the board game life while everyone's screaming, running around. It's just slowly fading you away. You light my life fire. up. Yep. Uh, that's good. A lot of arson theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't know where else to go with that one. <laughs> Next up is The Eyes of Laura Mars. Yeah. Luna Bar. I think it's about a movie of... A loved one that has died named Luna Mars. She was very lucky of Laura Mars, and she was very lucky. So their family members, instead of burying her cremated, they took her eyes and drew little dots all over her eyes and used them for dye. Go to a uh, casino and win a lot of money. I think it's a story about a young woman, a young woman with a muscular issue, and she can't quite write those eyes. She struggled and struggled to dot it right over the. The top. Oh. <laughs> she just keeps missing. <laughs> so she goes to therapy. The therapist is Robin Williams. Oh, nice. He teaches her how to how to dot an eye, but really he teaches her how to dot life. Eventually, she learns how to write her eyes, and <laughs> she can sign her checks. Okay. <laughs> Interesting that uh, she has a hard time signing. Her name, Laura Mars, that has no eyes. <laughs> yes, no eyes in it, yeah. <laughs> I think 
think Laura's a peeping Tom. Oh, <laughs> All everybody does is see her eyes in their windows. <laughs> So yeah, the movie just explores that. Okay. All the situations she gets it's into. Creepy. It's creepy Laura Mars. <laughs> the last one is The Wind and the Lion. I think this is a movie about somebody that has written a very short list about the ways they want to die. <laughs> Either by a lion <laughs> or in a hurricane. <laughs> I think this is a movie a uh, little animated feature about a lion that's trying to race the wind. Mm. So the wind and the lion get at a starting line and they both race each other. Um, and in the end, I mean, the wind obviously wins, <laughs> but what they find out is a little bit about friendship. They learn that winning was really the friends they met along the way. Mm. Who voices the lion? Uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> That sounds very emotional and inspirational. Mm-hmm. He's, he's taken a different turn in his career. <laughs> well, hey, movie time. We're all experts on movies. That, why The fact that Hollywood hasn't contacted us to write some scripts is beyond me. Nobody's more creative and interesting. But as tradition, let's give, uh, let's give the Saturday workers a one-liner wisdom. You can always tie your shoes but never wear your shoes as a tie. (laughs) Very wise. Just because a wasp stings you doesn't mean you got to get all red and swollen. (laughs) Control your anger. Remember, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) If you find a lump on you, look on the bright side. At least with cancer, you don't have to worry about haircuts. <laughs> wow. <Whoa>. Perspective. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. He brings up a good <laughs> point. Oh, man. That's good. Very wise. Uh, if you have any hypotheticals you want us to answer, need advice, want us to give facts about a subject, or just want to tell us how much you hate us, questionabledetourpodcast at gmail.com. All right, y'all want to be done? Nine one one. What's your emergency? Yeah, this is a little embarrassing, but I, I just, I can't get it up. <laughs> I can't get uh, excuse me, sir. Can you repeat that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I can't get it up. Uh, uh, sir, you do realize this line is only for emergencies only. This, trust me, buddy. This is an emergency. I need to, impotence ambulance ASAP. Sir, sir, there's no such thing as an impotence ambulance. I've seen him. I've seen him on TV. That old guy promised me they were in an ambulance. Sir, just go to the closet, shut the door, wait till the police arrive. The detour.